I was going to add a background for this one, and I think you and I just have the same one. There's not a lot of images. Yep, there it is, yep, baby. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, mine has the smiling version for Miles Teller, and yours does not. Yeah, that tracks. That's, that sounds about yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, that does yes. sound about right. <laughs> I'm judging your smiling. That's, that's where we're at. This is a serious pattern. I am regressing. Last year, I was Chris's fiance, and now I am at home all day in my underwear, and I'm nobody's nothing. What is happening to me? I said, get on that dating site, pick a cute guy, just a hookup. Aren't you horny? Yes, I'm horny, but I'm also somewhat lazy. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Hey there. So, do I pass the test? I think so. That is awesome. I will see you soon. I've never done this before. You expect me to believe this is your first one-night stand? Wow. There we go with the sluts thing again. Have a nice life, Alex. Bye. It was lovely having sex with you. <laughs> Holy shit, that's a lot of snow. Hope you aren't planning on going anywhere anytime soon. We are seeing record snowfall. Ambitious. I cannot here. Just make the best of it, and we'll rescue you as soon as we can, okay? Ah! Is Cedric laughing at me? We're gonna starve. There's a plan B. Let's do this. It's frozen shit! It was pretty badass when you broke that window like that. Mm-mm. What? You should turn this off. It's gonna make me want to dance. each other better lovers for the next person that comes along you think you have pointers for me you could make the getting naked there part oh hey chop some a panties it is a mystery why you don't have a girlfriend so you've really never had a one-night stand before well you should know they usually don't last this long i cannot believe i am schlepping to brooklyn for a booty call i don't think it shut off right no no the, the tv is so this is perfect planning, uh, and I just realized okay. it. And why, I mean just because <laughs> I pull up the uh, the wiki for Two Night Stand, which I've, I've seen this a few times, but it's just to keep – basically, um, the and I've never learned this in almost a decade of movie podcasting, is I almost never remember the characters' names unless they are like, you know, Barney <laughs> yeah, and Clyde. Yeah, that's that one. Because <laughs> uh, I'm just like, oh, what did Miles Teller do in this scene? Or Leo Tipton? Like, and aren't they cute together? And then Miles said, and Leo said. So I usually try to, like, well, I just need the wiki up just to see the characters' names. Used to be IMDb. Now there's, like, a thousand different pop-ups and videos and squares, and I can't find who, you know, the information I need. <clears throat> but <clears throat> Wikipedia failed me. Uh, this is not a good sign uh, for the film, or I should I say the filmmaker that I've chosen for this week's episode, Max Nichols, because does not have a uh, does not have a page, no oh. hyperlink. Because I was, I thought, okay, well, Dave's going to hate on this, and then I have to defend, like, no, no, this is a modern auteur. <laughs> so I have to pull up uh, IMDb, and um, the main thing that they mention in his, he did two other films after this, which I've never heard of, so my argument's gone. <laughs> Married to Rachel Nichols, formerly of uh, ESPN. Oh, interesting. But also the son of Mike Nichols, the filmmaker we mentioned in the oh, Bonnie man. and Clyde episode, and carrying on Papa's tradition of classic ah, cinema. 
Two-night stand. Two-night stand, So, Dave. I remember the names of these characters only because in the very beginning you see her making her screen name. Best Megan ever. Which is something Best Megan, Megan right? ever. Yeah, yeah, terrible screen name. Sure. Uh, I agree, Dave. Then, Next. She's got that one right. And then they make a joke of his first draft of a name. <laughs> Alec. Yes, because yeah. she keeps calling yeah, him that's Alex, correct. right? Yeah. Yes. So you make it a point to mock a man, and I will remember that name. That is... <laughs> mm. But you also, the you kind of mocked uh, Megan here yeah. as well. You disagree that she's the best? I, it's you, just, you know, it's no? just a, it's a 19-year-old thing to do. Like, best Dave ever. Like, what are you... <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> Dave, I think the fans would love for you to change your entire... Social media, all the platforms to best Dave ever. <laughs> and you know what? You're going to get some kudos and some yes. questions. Privately, yes. some questions. Like, what's, what's going what's on, happening? Dave? Are you okay? He's having some sort of midlife crisis. <laughs> what's, what's, what's going on? Uh, look, all right. I'm not going to knock that, the, the fictional character here, because she just needs something just to have sex. She's just getting on there for a hookup site. So, whatever. She, I mean, what are you going to be? Megan... Uh, one two five. I mean, no, you got. I don't you know if something. I'm just going for a hookup. I don't know if I'm even putting my real name on there. Like, what do we? Why do you need to know? I'm just here for sex. What? Are you... Here's here's the question. <laughs> would I, I think I would have put my old podcast. I think I would have been War, War Machine. Horse. Maybe you know. <laughs> that's okay. So that's great for a couple reasons. Okay, <laughs> builds up the anticipation. Maybe there's something really great here. And also, if they do a little research, You're talking about my podcast, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes and no. Um, but also, maybe they do some research. If it is really good, mm. they look up those search terms, and maybe they mm. find uh, a podcast that you've now removed from the internet. <laughs> I've I've never found that to be the case with someone like that I meet in real life. Uh, they will ask me, and they would hold the phone up to my face and be like, "Is this you?" No, nope. um, and but I, I never see any traction or really hear anything right. as far as that they actually. It's like they want to know. I guess I'm just not lying to them. Right, but they're not this? concerned enough with what I'm actually. Like, this this you know, is what you spend me, your time with. This is. <laughs> if someone told me they had a uh, tennis blog on the side and that was what they were passionate about, I'd just say, "Oh, cool." That would be. I, the it, it wouldn't be like. Are, are you fucking lying to me? Like, do you actually do that? Are you trying to pull one over? Why on would I lie about that? Blog? Why? There's <laughs> no reason for me to lie about. It is not cool for me to have a fucking podcast. Why would I lie about this? <laughs> <clears throat> not now. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping. <clears throat> I did read. I guess 2021. It was like the worst year, like podcasting, as far as like people stopped producing them. Because 2020, everyone started one. Everyone started every sort of yeah. hobby because yeah. obvious reasons. <clears throat> but. Then they realize, hey, there's no money or listenership in this, so they stopped. <clears throat> and I'm hoping that trend continues. Yeah, yeah, go so away. Dave so. and myself, we can <laughs> rise above back. the tide. Yes, yes, I <laughs> yeah. love it. So this movie, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. I, we had five minutes of banter. Yes, yes. And now we're Get to, on to, on to business, yes. Um, this is a movie I've now seen three times. Three uh, times? Yeah. Oh, twice for this podcast. Yeah. So kind of. <laughs> oh, no. So, so twice on your own accord. No, no, just I'll get there. Just <laughs> so this is very strange. This is like the, the it's like you're getting ready to reveal a dark secret. And I'm like, that sounds normal. I've seen it six yeah, times. What are you talking about? For you, that's normal. <laughs> yes. So when we were going to do this movie for this podcast, you were like, oh, you've never seen Two Nights Stand. And I'm like, no, no, I haven't. Um, and then I went to watch it. The first time we were going to record on it, um, and I realized I had seen it before. 
about five minutes in, I was like, oh, I have seen this, but it holds my attention. They're, these two leads are charming enough. So I watched it again, and then we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to record on it. And then it was like six months later, and we have it. So I had to watch it again to refresh my memory. So that, that's watch number three. So, like, I thought I hadn't seen it before because you're like, it's a Miles Teller rom-com, one-night stand type thing. And I was like, that doesn't sound familiar to me. And then I realized, like, five minutes in, like, oh, yeah, they're about to get high. I remember this. Yes. <laughs> What's the problem here, Dave? You know, I, I don't understand. I didn't it say it was like bad. You, I didn't say it was bad. I said I watched it three times. Sold That's... a charming little film about two people wanting to have sex, get high, uh, have some pleasant and then not so pleasant conversations. But it's all couched in that, like, we're still kind of flirting with each other, totally. even we're being mean. Even when we're turning you into the cops, you know, just... Still nice and flirty, fun. You gotta do what you gotta do. You know, that's a, <laughs> admittedly, I, I'm trying to think: would the authorities actually respond to oh. a smashed window no. during a no. snowstorm? Uh, I admire, you know, the the whole back the blue movement. If it means that you get me a date, if that's mm. if that's where you overstep your boundaries <laughs> and it doesn't lead to violence, yes. I'm like, I think everyone could go with the grand gesture yes. of the cops here. Yes. Not so much the actual reality of what they would do or not do. But yeah, I, I highly doubt they're going to hook you up with Leo Tipton. Yeah. Just does not probably, seem probably not. I think the reason I bring up the fact that I watched this three times is this is a, this is a nice little movie. Like it's fun. It's, it's disposable. It's you've got two leads. Eighty six minutes. Yeah, probably quick, with credits. Yeah, <laughs> quick. Uh, but not a movie I would think I would end up watching three times. Like this is a movie you watch and then just kind of like a week ago you're like, which is proven by the fact that when you brought up this movie I was like, no, I've never seen that. Like it just kind of goes and floats away, you know. Um, but now I've watched it three times and now I'll probably never forget it because we've talked about it. So <laughs> now because movies only matter if my voice is recorded talking about them. That, That's true. What it, that is now, true. You know, Bonnie and Clyde matters now. This matter. Yeah. They're the same. Like that's just... the point of this podcast. <laughs> this is the new, you know, canon. This is the new Criterion Collection. Is yes. what we decide to feature. I love and it. You, you can see at the end of the episodes if you listen that far, which you should. Uh, how that process is, how the the sausage is made. Which like you've never seen Matchstick Men. Classic. <laughs> I deem it a classic. <laughs> Let's go, baby. This is yeah. it. So this one was not deemed a classic. No. I don't want to point that out. No, uh, it made less than a million dollars. Uh, its budget was only like a million and a half. I do think because I was podcasting in 2014 when this came out and was constantly looking for new material because I was just like, especially when you start a podcast. Yeah, not like Dave and I now where it's just like whatever. <sighs> it just yeah, we've just resigned to failure. But when you have hopes and dreams of like, oh, this, I like doing this and people are listening and engaging. Like, as I said, 2014, yeah. very different. Not anymore. <laughs> what were we? Like one of like seven movie podcasts. It was a great, was so, a great yeah. time, man. The numbers um, were beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not so much anymore. Um, <laughs> but back then I was constantly looking for new releases. And you and I struggle with that sometimes now. But with the format of the show, we don't really have to. We do have a dead week coming up where I was like, hey, we can, we'll work in a new movie every now and then. It's just keep people on their toes and. And then you're like, well, it's August. There's it's so Dracula bad. on a boat. So bad. Uh, so there's here's Jamie the... Foxx as a talking dog. <laughs> oh, I mean, what do you want to do straight. here? Jeez. <laughs> Thank God Jamie Foxx is on the mend. I was really terrified that was going to be his last his last appearance. Too talented. Great. Too talented for that. To yes, be the, please. In the final. Um, so just a slight detour. I am weirdly excited for Demeter. 
uh, the Dracula on a boat because well, because let's do it then let's do it. The, I didn't know you were excited. I, I thought, well, Dave, you don't have to force yourself to do it. No, no, you like so. So Dracula is my favorite book of all time. I've read it okay. about nine times. I love it. I think it's fantastic. And this, as you mentioned, it is Dracula on a boat, but it's more than that. It like fills in gaps that are actually in the book. Like that's how Dracula gets to the mainland. So I'm like kind of excited about that. I'm, but I think I think not it's going to be so, guilty at all I that think, I made you watch this three times. Not. Oh, I think I'm it's like, going to you know be what? really bad, but I... <laughs> You've got your own hang-ups, Dave. <laughs> Boy, yeah, that's true. It's officially on the schedule. It is on All the right. schedule now. All okay. right. So speaking of hang-ups, Mike, yes. I'm probably asking the wrong person this because yes. of your hang-ups with Miles, Miles Teller, who you love. Like, yes. You know, almost, Undying. Almost an unhealthy amount. Why don't people yeah. like Miles Teller very much? Because I find him very charming. I was watching it with Tessa. She also had the same reaction. Maybe she was trying to make me feel better. But she's usually pretty honest about that stuff. Um, so why? what is the hang-up that other people have with Mr. Teller? I think he's great. Um, He is not – he is a, a attractive dude. But it's his mouth that gets him in trouble where it's like, mm. okay, so put – and actually, he he lost a role to Ryan Gosling in La La Land. Mm -hmm. uh, he was supposed to go on and work with uh, Giselle on the follow-up to uh. Whiplash, and it was supposed to be him. And then when the director was like, oh, I could get Ryan Gosling, yeah, we're going to go with that. Yeah. Um, there's Fair. a whole – like I believe during the Fantastic Four uh, – you know, the, during that debacle, during the press leading up to that, um, that was happening as the journalist was like covering him, was sitting down for the ah. interview. It's like he was getting a text message. He's like, "Hey, are we not? You know, am I out? Are we not?" So it was actually really shitty to not mm. have a conversation with a guy who sort of set you up that to sucks. go into these bigger movies. Um, but I do think I I understand it, even though I think La La Land is a much better film with Miles Teller. And I'm not just saying that mm. as a Miles Teller guy. I think that he would lean into these sort of uh overt dickishness so uh, gosling is like who's... too nice too charming yes yeah and i uh -huh. think people see him as like oh what a lovable cad but he never really crosses he's not into... a now, cad. i'm not getting into uh if you've seen the movie called the believer where he plays a jewish neo-nazi skinhead yes there but <laughs> in a rom-com setting i think grand gosling even crazy stupid love where he's attacking steve carell for basically being uh, unfuckable it's always when the guy's like well he's gonna help him right he's being right, helpful right um and i thought in la la land that he did not he did not sit well with me as far as the guy that could ignore sort of other people's passions uh to mm -hmm. the detriment of his personal relationships because he's so into fucking jazz right. he wants to tell you like, he what he is playing in la la land is the godfather sequence in barbie it's like that is mm -hmm. what his mm -hmm. character is and i feel like miles teller mm. could be that guy and you'd be like yes i yeah. could see this guy who Never was that successful with the ladies. He was never like the high school high school quarterback. Even though, strangely, I think Miles Teller was a pretty good athlete yeah, in high he school. Was. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, you could see him like getting into his own shit, and then as right. he gets maybe a little bit more conventionally attractive, he has to try to merge those two things. And I think this film touches on that because the way Leo Tipton plays it is like uh, clearly she was fine with fucking him. She found him at least in their brief. Skype call was yeah. it Skype? And he's super cute in that. He's super sweet, and I think that he's actually fairly restrained in this movie. Yes, uh, until they start attacking each other. Once they are stuck together, there, it becomes a two night stand, as the title and implies. It's until she starts attacking him. Yes, I mean she just tried to bail out on him, and then she's she's frustrated that she it's not you know for. Obvious reasons. This is not just gonna be a hookup. I, I, now it has to be a date with this guy, an right. awkward date. Um, I think that people in general think 
that his sort of swagger or swarminess is too much considering that he's not he doesn't look like Ryan uh, Gosling. You're he's not hot enough. enough to be I think that's uh. I think that's what's in play here because I, I don't ever hear people saying Miles Teller is hideous and ugly. No. And if he was, maybe they would look at him like I don't know, like I admire Jonah your Hill, Jonah Hill or uh, Michael Sarah from Superbad, where it's like they're saying vile things, but they're so sort of dorky that right. it's palatable. He is right in, in that, that, middle. that perfect threshold mm-hmm. where it's like, you just need to be a nice guy because you're nice enough looking. But if you talk too much shit. Right. Yeah, I I like him as a romantic lead for specifically the reasons I think people dislike him. If you um, are on our Patreon or you're into Christmas movies, you will know that we did (laughs) an episode. And one of my complaints was that the dudes had no edge. They're good looking, but they don't have anything, any swagger. And I like that Miles Teller like is in that middle ground um, that he has a little bit of an edge, but he has some sweetness to him too. I think the two of them work really well together here. And like, if you had told me, Oh yeah, the, the girl who was, you know, selling nudes and crazy, stupid love and, and Miles Teller, I'd be like, "Mm, I don't know. Although I do really like Miles Teller also in kind of a romance in the spectacular now. Um, which is a movie you introduced me to, by the way, I'd never heard of it. And is one of my, probably maybe my favorite coming of age film. Like I, I think it's tremendous. So I just think we need to give, I, I'm glad Miles Teller was in a big budget movie. He was in Top Gun, but that was Tom Cruise's movie. Let's be real. Like mm-hmm. he's definitely a side character. Uh, I would just love to see him get a push because I think, I think my description of him is like, what if frat boy idiots were kind of cool? That's that's Miles Teller, which is rare. It's like the everybody wants some version of the athlete. I was you know, just like, about to drop Richard Linklater, who is kind of, if you read about him or watch him in interviews, seems like a jock made good. Yeah. He's like a jock that had a few marbles thrown around in his head. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, just Miles enough. Teller, <laughs> I mean, now you're making me really sad that you know, Miles Teller has never hooked up with Linklater for yeah, a part. because He'd be perfect. Um, now, I do think the before trilogy would be decidedly different because <laughs> I don't uh, think he should be in that one. That's <laughs> which he could he could easily do that type of role. Sure. It's just it's just him and his mouth just running. But there was Miles Teller. It's like certainly you bring up the spectacular now. Uh, he can be vulnerable, uh, but it takes a lot. Whereas I think someone like Ethan Hawke kind of leads with his vulnerability. And yes. it's actually when he's trying to like be edgy. You kind of look at him like, hey, this is not really your thing. I'm right. talking about his before character. It's like you're just trying to Trying seem, too hard. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Miles Teller, you'd be like, is that – that's that's really him, Which right? Which part like, is real. So, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah I'm, I'm, I love this movie. I think on Letterboxd, I'm, I give it like a four and a half out of five because I found it so fucking watchable. Um, it is very one of my, watchable. Yeah. One of my favorite actors in Miles Teller who is – if I could graft a screen persona and say I want that career and that, that, that – I would take Miles Teller. I would take his – his parts uh you know yeah. ryan gosling yeah it'd be great to, to look like him and all that but sure that's a lot of work i don't know <laughs> that's just yeah you, what are you doing you're doing like working on your core for like seven hours a day and you know miles taylor not for nothing i mean he did it for top gun and he's you know fit but it's like he doesn't have to be have that baggage right of being like the the pretty boy and though he probably wants it he has i mean i think gosling has the baggage of the pretty boy and the great actor that's a rough combo yeah. to have to get like to do drive and barbie like that's <laughs> there's a lot of range there that's a little tough to to handle 
Let's talk about uh, Leo Tipton a lot, which is, uh, you know, just a disappointing performer because they have taken a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of the performance in Crazy Stupid Love. Um, probably, well, not even getting into the the, the plot circumstances <laughs> of that character being too old for the son that has a crush on her and being too young for the father that she has a crush on. Uh, but I believe at the time Tipton had come off of like America's next top model yep. and got roles based on their just sort of on camera charm, just kind of silliness and goofiness and a little bit like, I won't want to say typecast because unfortunately I don't think Tipton's had enough roles where people are like, Oh, that's what they do all the time. But you, if you know, crazy, stupid love and this, the sort of comedic mannerisms are there that make you think that's that's the natural sort of bit that yeah. they they rely on. But th- but that from them is so charming, and I don't understand why why they haven't gotten more roles and gotten more of an opportunity. I, I don't know. I, if it's I would a deem it as choice, a but... manic uh, graciousness. Yeah, like yeah. there's a kindness with a manic energy, which usually is not is usually like uh, self loathing. What's they do introduce this character as being as coming off of Megan is coming off a breakup and hasn't yet really defined where she's going to go. Like sort of, you know, post uh, college, Uh, there's a sequence where miles Teller character, Alec tries to like, so, you know, what do you do once they actually have to extend this one night stand? Uh, And it just boils down to, you know, nothing, but he, he plays it in the way that you, uh, the haters of miles Teller would not, which is like, I mean, it's cool. You know, it's just like yeah. accepting. And he actually, I think you point out, he's mainly more so on the defensive in this <laughs> this movie than he is the aggressor, even when she blows up his toilet because she doesn't like a magazine article that seems a little too on point to her current situation. <laughs> it's, it's a true attack. The floor is being attacked. His manhood is being attacked. And I, you know, I also like the frank discussion of sex and like what... I like what you like. Let's let's <laughs> figure it out together. I like the open communication. But I think my honestly, my favorite moment of this movie, and it could have been a moment that you're like, oh, this is awkward. There's a sequence where a song comes on that she really locks, likes and she is baked out of her mind. Um, and she's like, uh, you got to turn that off. I'm going to start dancing. And that could have been really awful. And the reason it's not awful is not necessarily because of Leo Tipton, but the way they film it, which is really smart, is her kind of in shadow because he's looking through the, the kind of fort that they've made. And the look on his face, how charmed he is, how much he likes her in this moment is so damn sweet that you just the movie just like even if you're not into it, I think it just pulls you in like, I'm glad on, you pointed that look out. Look at this guy. Because what a sweet I feel like most rom-coms would that would be where he jumps in and dances right. with her i like that he just and sits and lets her have he lets her, her moment lets her have her moment and yeah. it's just so and the thing is with this movie i think that what i like about it what i like i mean more often than not about most rom-coms is um i think it's very hard to convince an audience within two hours and especially with these contrived situations which this one very has yes. um that two people would fall in love that quickly and i don't think that's ever what this film posits at all i think it's like they fall into a crush with each other it's it's the beginnings of maybe this will work which is a you know it's a pretty empowering and pretty strong feeling anyway in real life if you just start to like oh i can you know i like this person yeah yeah and and that's where it needs to stop and i I think that it it ends that way i mean it ends with the grand gesture 
with him not being able to track her down because she deletes her account. He doesn't have the information he needs, blah, blah. So, yes, I don't know if the ending totally works as far as getting her arrested. It wraps up really quick, too. Like, you go from being arrested to them walking off in the sunset, I think, in, like, 12 minutes of screen time. Like, it's quick. (laughs) I do think that the uh, roommates, you know, the roommate and boyfriend that wants her out of the apartment so he can start his life with his girlfriend – I think they help there because that dude also sort of underplays it where he's like, this dude's funny. That is one of my favorite moments in the movie, right? Where like it would be very easy to make Miles Teller the enemy in that sequence, like three against one. Mm -hmm. And I like that he like, like just God damn it. Like he's almost mad at himself for laughing. Like, okay, that was pretty funny. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I do like in that grand gesture moment that um, she, Megan posits like, you know, okay, I'll, you know, I'll take your number. Um, I'll call you if I ever find this funny. Cause he's insisting like, you're going to laugh about this years from now, which is, you see that a lot in rom-coms where it's like, once mm-hmm. we tell our grandkids, like how ridiculous our meeting was, how we got together. Um, and she says, okay, yeah, if I ever find it funny, I'll call you. And he, he takes that bet. He's like, okay. Okay. Like, you know, that's, I sort of put that out there. So yes, yeah. um, I'm just going to have to hope that you find me charming and amusing. Um, and it doesn't take very long, but I also think, I also kind of find that, I don't find the the cops uh, helping you in the grand gesture uh, realistic, but I do find that within ten minutes, someone would be like, "Yeah, I'm still kind of pissed about this, but that's kind of a like crazy fucked up thing you did that I'll probably never relive. I'll never have someone do that thing again." <laughs> and yeah, it's it's wild and desperate, and I like that the film frames him as desperate. Right. Usually, the grand gestures you you have Matthew McConaughey on a fucking you know bike, you know traveling through New York City, flying to chase down Kate Hudson. It's an act of desperation, but they, they frame it like it's heroic. Yeah. And here, I, I, th- I think it's all desperation. Yeah. I don't think there's anything heroic about it. And I like, I like that it's low pressure. It's not a, like, we're going to get married. It's not a, like, we're together forever. It's just like, let's give this the old college try. Let's give it a shot, right? Because we clearly have a connection. There's well, something why would here. You, why would you cut it that quickly? It's like, it's, it probably won't work out. But right. it's like, you know, we're both, we've both seen, like, sort of the bad versions of this, which I think his is a little worse and... Um, since you've seen it three times, I can't say what was your first impression, if you remember it, of, you know, I mentioned the magazine article She's when she's on the toilet and she sees it. That's probably maybe the first clue as far as, like, why does he have these sort of, like, women's lifestyle magazines? Right. But it's until she finds, like, a letter, she finds all these clothes, like, you know, not just, like, a shirt or two of, like, a, a lady he's had over. Uh, she realizes that, oh, I've been like crashing at this place during the snowstorm with someone that has a girlfriend right. and he is honest about it when confronted that it's like, yeah, she's in San Francisco and he does try like, but let me explain. And I like that the film actually lets him, it, she doesn't run out. Right. She where he has, like, he has yeah. the reason he gives her this and she's still like, you know, that's still kind of fucked up. Right. Um, which, I mean, the reasoning being that he has found a letter from his living girlfriend that she wants to break up with him, but she's just not, yet deliver it to him or not yet give him that news this so coward. he's in this he's in this weird purgatory state where he the axe is over his he head he knows it's over and i like that the character also says look the reason i wanted to hook up was not because i thought i need to find somebody else to be my girlfriend he's like i just wanted to have something to make myself feel more be- better more masculine that's like okay you you've got something going on well i did something too right and he is honest about saying i'm using leo tipton's character megan as this sort of like defensive weapon to, to, to make the woman that's going to break up with him feel bad. 
I was surprised that the film just lets the character sort of lay out here are my reasonings and then here's what's going on. Right. Um, I would have thought that they would have tailored that a little bit more, but maybe it's the brevity of the film that they just have to get on with it. I don't know. I, I think that they, it's really the performers sort of dictate it, that they've had such a sort of natural chemistry. Right. You mentioned the dance sequence where it's all just sort of natural and understated. They's like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to tell you what this is right. as opposed to try to drag it out. Yeah, and it's actually one of the things I love most about this movie is, I mean, obviously any movie that's under 90 minutes and is kind of a breath of fresh air like this is great. Um, but this very easily could be stretched out to an hour 45 or even two hours. Like we've talked about it, like they could have, uh, you know, strung out the ending sequence longer. That sequence, he could, she could have run out and then had to come back because it was too cold or whatever. And then they actually hash it out. And they don't do that. They just like, they're like, there's a freedom in getting caught in something like that, where it's like, okay, now I just got to come out with it. That She has literally written proof. You know, like I gotta, I gotta just come out with it. She knows she saw the clothes. She saw everything else. I'm just going to tell her what's going on because this is not, it would be different if he had been carrying on with Megan for six weeks and then she found out it was like, no, it was, a, you know, it was a one night stand, two night stand in this case. I'm just going to be honest. I like this girl and she kind of likes me. So I'm just going to try something new and just be radically honest about this situation because What's the worst that could happen? She's going to leave. She's already going to leave. So <laughs> I might as well just come out with it and unburden my soul. And it ends up in the end working out for him. Uh, I was looking for a review. Uh, and boy, there are a lot of uh, mean $2, $2 words <laughs> in some of these negative reviews where I'm like, Jesus Christ, you went full bore. Um, I'm not going to say that this one includes that, but it, this is problematic to me. And it's a review from April 4th, 2019. So, Hmm. five years after five ish years after it releases, which I never really like when rotten tomatoes gives you the like look back reviews. I feel like it should be timestamped. I agree to when it came out. Hmm. Uh, but this is Ben Nicholson. And the only reason I, I'm going to cite it, uh, is just because he, uh, sort of disagrees with what we were just talking about. Uh, his splat says rather than zinging with intelligence, it instead becomes mired in smug, passive aggression that manages to be nothing like as Frank as it thinks it is. Wow. Uh, did you find this, the characters passive i don't find them passive aggressive i feel like they're forced to actually just be aggressive with each other i mean that sounds like you watched the first 15 minutes of the movie and turned it off because there is some passive aggression um when they first wake up and they kind of start to like snipe at each other a little bit but i think as the film grows and kind of opens up like they're very genuine even when they're saying things that could be hurtful like, hey, just so you know, every woman you've ever been with has faked it. I just want you to know that. Like, that's pretty direct. That's not a, that's not a like, well, maybe, like, <laughs> snide comment. My favorite part, and I'll just admit to where I'm, I'm guilty, which I, I'm not guilty of thinking that no one's ever faked it with me. In fact, I'd probably prefer if you do, so I can, you know. <laughs> just get on with your day. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to have a two-night stand conversation every time you have a sexual, especially if it's with a partner that you have sex with, you know. Whatever, uh, you know, try to be, you know, an unselfish lover, but uh, I don't think you need to constantly berate your partner. Yeah, either, walk like, it back, Mike. <laughs> well, it's like, can you imagine if like, I don't know, it's not, not exactly romantic or sexy if, if someone's like, so, I mean, was that real? Was that real? Tell <laughs> yeah, me, was it, you know, you don't want to interrogate your partner. Like, you know, just, why don't you just try to be better and just hope you don't have to have the conversation. Right, right. But in the, you know. The uh, conversation they have where they do try to better one another, where he he tells her, like, hey, you know, why do you – why does it look like you're running to get 
under the covers like you're ashamed of your body or you don't want me to see you naked it's like i'm having sex with you i want to be having sex with you i don't want to be having to imagine another woman which i thought was like okay yeah. that's it's a good you're way to put saying, it you're saying i want to see your ass but you're putting it in <laughs> but this very romantic it's like, yes. it's like i'm with you <laughs> like just you baby um <laughs> where i was gonna say i was guilty as and it always cracks me up even though i've seen this like i said six or so times uh where she says um Look, I was kind of coaching you. I was kind of giving you the playbook as far as like that's working. I'm telling you, I'm verbal, like you know, vocalizing that is working during. Why would you change? What are Why you would doing? you change? And he says, because he says the finishing do this, move. Let's do this Mortal Kombat thing, like finish her. And I'm like, oh yeah, I think I've been guilty of that mentality too. Like, yeah, man, here comes. The- <laughs> yeah, now you're really in for it. Nope, that's- back back Y A. Here it comes. This fucking nerd ass shit. <laughs> Mike tried to put in the contra code on his wife. Just god damn. <laughs> and, but I also like that they played around with, um, you know, men being insecure about women's sexuality. Like he mentions, like, well, you know, we were into it, we were doing it, and you kind of helped yourself, and that made me feel like I wasn't a part of it. I was like, feel like it feels like I was being benched. <laughs> being benched. <laughs> the jock. Like it's just like. We're teammates here. It's, it's okay. We, she can help herself and enjoy what you're that's, doing. That's maybe not even just a product of uh, inexperience, but I think it's a product of use. Yeah. Maybe you have more energy. Now my old ass age is like, Go to work. whatever you need to do, <laughs> make it easier on me. <laughs> it's amazing how things change with age. Yes. And I think when you have, when you don't have a lot of experience and like a character like this has probably watched a fair amount of pornography. And there's a certain fantasy in pornography where it's like, yeah, he made her climax. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nah, it's really a team effort, guys. You gotta, <laughs> it's not as simple as that. Um, so it makes sense that he would have that attitude, but it is from Leo Tipton's character's perspective, from Megan's perspective, kind of like, here we fucking go again. Can, can we just work together on this? Like, I just, I just want to get to that point that it's easy for you to get to. Can we, can we work together here? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I've, I've said on this podcast for the, the play is the thing, so I won't try to get more explicit, but it's like, you know, if both parties are satisfied, everybody does wins. It, does it matter who had the guitar solo? No, Not really. We got there. <laughs> I don't care what path we took. We got there. That's good. I'm either asleep or I'm hungry. I'm already in the kitchen. So, you know, yes. Out. Thank you. Right. Thank you for, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Uh, so glad that your wife does not listen to this podcast <laughs> for many reasons. Yes. All of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. You don't like where this is going. Look away, look away. You're not in my way, you're in my path. Look at that. All of my emotions feel the same. What a laugh. You're your Something she can do. But you can't erase mistakes. So on your skin, it's in your blood, it's on your Shut my mouth and then I play, try and play If I could, I wouldn't change a thing, change a thing
shall not now. All right, so um, this is part of the show where I think we can safely, you know, say what's coming up next. And it's already been featured, you know, a week ago. We're going to do Dracula Goes on a Cruise. Yeah. Dave revealed to me that he's so super pumped about this. (laughs) Speed 2, Dracula on Cruise Control. That's where we're at. (laughs) It's happening, Mike. It's going to be so bad, and I am so sorry. We should go to this together on opening weekend. Oh, we will. We will. (laughs) So you can just stare daggers at me during the movie like, you motherfucker. (laughs) This is your fault. I don't know if I'm going to say anything. I I find it so odd and so strange. (laughs) I think, you know, I'll just let the work speak for itself. And then you can speak for it. And it'll be the quietest i ever am on a podcast because i'll just ask questions like so, so how was it Dave? <laughs> see this would mike this would be like if someone made a movie about the replacements and you just felt like you had to see it even if you knew yeah. it was going to be bad you're like okay the the replacements starring you know who's an actor you fucking hate you know like you're just like you're all right we're in here we have i don't to hate go. him but it would be i would find it incredibly distasteful if they got like Austin Butler. It's like you did Elvis. Now you're going to do Paul Westerberg. That right, would that right. would not sit well with me. Oh God, I hope this happens. <laughs> oh man, that would just make my day. I think if he said I would do it, that's what would be green. I think they would be like, all right, yeah, we, we've had we we've got a taste of that. Yep. Yeah, you shaved off your about. eyebrows in Dune Two. Now we're on to the replacements. <laughs> God damn. God damn. There was a moment, one moment during foreplay in which I was maybe close to coming, and I believe I subtly pointed this out for you. Do you remember what it was that I said? I'm close to coming. Yes. Uh huh. And then after I said that, you switched up what you were doing. Just what was your thought process there? Um, I mean, honestly, I thought I was doing like a finishing move, kind of like a Mortal Kombat thing, like finish her. 